Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Georgia Leibon, Senior International Marketing Director at Manhattan Associates. In this episode, we talk about the rise of robots and automation in the warehouse and how they add value to existing resources, how a warehouse execution system integrates managing both man and machine, and how managing the flow of goods from inbound to picking to delivery at the store and customer with one single software solution optimizes your supply chain operations. Please enjoy my conversation with Georgia Label. Georgia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Martin. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so the the first question I always ask my guests is, uh, does logistics matter? And my answer to that would be, never before has logistics mattered more. This um, world we find ourselves in has made logistics and supply chain one of the most relevant topics around the dinner table. I remember a few years ago, my grandmother said to me, Georgia, what is it that you do? I said, I work in logistics, grandma. What's that? Now it's the topic pretty much every day. Yeah, yeah. we went from, uh, I guess the people working in logistics went from uh, the people working in this unknown area uh, to to being the, <laughs> the, the saviors of the world. I mean, absolutely. I like to say that supply chain and logistics finally has a seat at the table. We actually mean something to the world at large. Even my, even my children know what supply chain is now because they get so frustrated when they can't get hold of something that they really want. Um, and here at Manhattan Associates, we have a saying, which is keep life and commerce moving. And, and it's all about the movement of goods around the globe to satisfy not only the desires of the human being, but also the necessities of human beings. I mean, this is life and death at the end of the day, keeping key medicines, key food products moving around the globe. So yes, Martin, logistics matters a, a lot. Well, you're you're sure. you're mentioning uh, uh, food and medicine, but ask my kids, and you know, and the the new phone they ordered is is even more important. <laughs> so, absolutely, from from the frivolous to the absolute yeah. necessities, it's a, it's an important animal at the moment for sure. Yeah. This, this, uh, there's been a huge increase in logistics flow as well in the past years. Uh, if you if you look at uh, the e-commerce, for example, which is uh, which is really really risen, um, this has a, a an impact on uh, warehousing and what happens in warehouses. And uh, next to a rise in e-commerce, uh, there's also a, a rise in robotics, uh, and then uh, robotics in the warehouse. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the current situation? So, so the current situation with warehousing and robotics. Well, it's a fascinating area to be sure. Um, I think even before the pandemic came along and the added pressures on supply chain, robotics was really starting to take traction within the warehouses within the warehousing space. Yeah. But the pandemic really brought it into sharp relief, and it was in one part related to some labour challenges that we experienced. Obviously, there were people getting sick and having time off. We had to put people in isolation, introduce social distancing. Areas where actually the use of automation mitigated any of the concerns about human safety. So automation became ever more important in keeping those supply chains moving at a time when human capital was at a premium. 
But even without that whole uh, human resource capacity issue, automation has a really important part to play in terms of economies of scale within a warehouse environment Mm -hmm. with regards speed, capacity, also accuracy um, and absorbing menial tasks that perhaps human beings no longer wish to do. So automation has become an incredibly important part of the mix in terms of resourcing within the warehouse to ensure throughput remains at an optimum level, to ensure humans continue to thrive and survive and are motivated in the work that they do, to ensure accuracy and certainty in what uh, the uh, warehouses are uh, producing through their inventory flows, um, and also to pivot to peak times when volumes suddenly go up extortionately. So automation has always played an important part, uh, but now more than ever. Yeah, you said uh, some. Uh, you said something interesting. Um, you said something about uh, the safety of uh, uh, of warehouse workers. Um, do you mean in working with robots or? Oh no, not at all. Um, so I think during the pandemic there were quite a few new regulations that came into warehouses. Things mm-hmm. like social distancing. Yeah. Um, co-location of activity from one individual to another. Of course, the minute you introduce robots or automated elements into that mix, you don't have to socially distance from a robot, whereas you would from a human being. So they enabled organizations to adapt their processes to ensure that humans were protected at a time where they could not be in close proximity to one another. Um, Safety with regards to robots is is a that's a non-entity as far as I'm concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. All of the robotics vendors that we are working with have incredibly uh, strict health and safety um, regulations that they apply not only to the manufacture of their robots, but to the deployment of those robots to ensure that humans are protected at all times. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. But, uh, you know, the, well, the logistics is a, is a, is a, a traditional, uh, is a very traditional industry. So the... Uh, so, so it could be that the image that the traditional logistics companies have uh, uh, about robots is that there you know, there might be a danger if you uh, if you put them uh, in a warehouse. But I can see that uh, no um, uh, no producer in their right mind would put a, a, a dangerous machine close to human beings. No, and I all of these organizations have to undertake risk assessments and health and safety assessments and put uh, mitigation practices in place to ensure that humans aren't compromised by, you know, sliding doors or mechanisms that are rotating and all this kind of thing. So so there's there's no issue there at all. I think actually the coexistence of robots, automation, machinery, call it what you will, and a human resource is absolutely paramount because this is not a case of robots taking over the world and replacing human labor in any way, shape, or form. This, to my mind, the logistics industry needs to embrace automation as a value add to the existing human uh, resources that they deploy within their manufacturing and warehouse uh, uh, centers. Um, And that coexistence is crucial. And one of the things I talk about regularly is juggling man and machine. Yeah. Because... It, it takes different processes. It 
different processes need either a machine or a human, depending on the size, the capacity, the shape, the volume, the speed, the changes that are going to happen during the process. Um, and it's very, very important that an organization is to juggle each. One of the things that has always distressed me is when people think it's an either or question. Yeah. You know, I've got this DC over here. Is it going to be automated or manual? Oh, and I've got that one over there. Maybe that one should be manual and this one should be automated. Well, actually, you can combine both in a single DC and thus make that DC more flexible and more agile to the needs of your business. So that coexistence, that ability to, to do both in the same location is paramount. Yeah, and it gives you uh, a much more flexibility because the, there's there's oh well there's robots that can handle small units and there's robots that can handle complete pallets. I mean, we have the huge uh, auto store uh, auto store uh, warehouses that uh, uh, that are well dark. Uh, what do you call them? Dark stores. Yeah, yeah. That well, the dark yeah. store. Yeah. So, so the pallets just the pallets just go in and out, and the same uh, can yeah. be done with boxes. But uh, what I find an interesting term uh, uh, also is the the cobot. Uh, and yes, yeah, and, and and maybe that's a, a better term because it actually um, signals that it's a machine that works together with humans uh, instead of a robot that may be for 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 most signals that it's a replacement. Well, this is one of the fascinating things. And you mentioned AutoStore and Exotech is another player who offers that kind of yeah. large capacity going up high, going out broad, three-dimensional capability with their caddies. And whenever you look at uh, YouTube footage or video footage of these operations, they're absolutely spectacular yeah. watching these caddies go up and down sideways, backwards and forwards. And of course, in the video, there's not a human in sight. Now, if you were to pan back about five or six feet in <laughs> any one of those videos, you will see the human resource yeah. around and about orchestrating that amazing production that they've put on video. And and that's where I, I absolutely come back to that coexistence of human and humans and machine together, because those phenomenal displays don't work without a human. And And at the end of the day, it's the human that's going to be quality assessing before it goes out to market. Yeah, so the the robots can take uh, can take over the the more uh, I think menial menial tasks is the right word. Uh, do do the real simple things. So the the human beings can uh, 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 can put their time in uh, actually adding value. Absolutely, and for me, that's absolutely the key: is ensuring that machines and humans are deployed for the right task. But that in itself leads us to another challenge because yeah. traditionally man has been managed by a classic warehouse management system yeah. and a machine has been managed by the classic warehouse control system yeah. and never the twain shall meet. So you kind of got to decide further upstream what you're going to do when. More recently, technology has become available where something called a warehouse execution system mm -hmm. has been embedded inside the WMS to enable orchestration of man and machines simultaneously. So one piece of one piece of technology is deciding when to deploy what, where, and when, and that 
I think is crucial to achieving those economies of scale, to achieving that throughput, throughput and to ensuring that an organization can adjust to the criteria that is put before them as the day unfolds. So to put that into to put that into a, a, a prime example, um, if we go back to the concept that you've organized your warehouse on this particular day and you're doing, you know, st- a store replenishment wave, a huge volume um, going through the, the going through the warehouse is what we call a traditional wave process. In other words, it's pallet based, it's high volume. Um, you've got you know multiple di- multiple destinations that you're fulfilling, and and it's it's kind of this cumbersome, huge task that's going to take a couple of hours to get through. Mm-hmm, yeah. This is something that you can imagine would be configured beautifully through um, a, a conveyor belt, through a picking arm, through the caddy system, this this large cumbersome wave that you have to do. And then suddenly a single pick priority e-com order comes through the system uh, that needs to be fulfilled for same day delivery. And what the warehouse execution system is saying is, you know, that's not optimum to redeploy a robot to do that we'll get fred over in lane three to run and pick that item yeah and whenever i do a live example it's like you know multiply it by 10 15 20 25 because it's never as simple as that because it'll actually be 20 priority orders that fly in it won't just be one um and you know one of them will have two things and one of them will have four things but what the what the warehouse execution system is now able to do is to manage that simultaneously. So whilst it's running a massive wave process, it can then stream orders across that wave continuously, managing those priority orders, those late order changes, um, you know, a staffing issue that's come in, anything. It can it can juggle that accordingly and reprioritize the work, deploying man or machine as per required by the circumstances. Yeah, and, and that makes uh, and it makes perfect sense. And if you look if you look back, then if uh, a warehousing operation was uh, collecting, uh, you know, the, a truck full of goods just because uh, you know the store needs to be replenished, then that was it. But nowadays, um, the store has has also become in for many retailers. Uh, a, a, a pickup location for online orders. So actually, the the example that you just uh, gave um, is uh, is is like a perfect example uh, whereby somebody needs to break into this process of the whole truck being uh, uh, so the the load for the whole truck is being picked, and and a single item needs to be a- a- added. And we both know with the volumes of e-commerce that uh, that uh, that these um, uh, these loads for these stores that also do pickup that I, I can imagine there's a, there's almost a constant change. There is a constant change, and the beauty of the technology today, whether we're talking about a robot, whether we're talking about the software, whether we're talking about hardware elements, the software today is now all um, managed centrally. So that you can cater to last minute changes at the last minute, literally just as the orders are going on the lorry, it is possible to manage that change without breaking the larger process, without compromising your productivity, without compromising your delivery times. 
because all of the all of the technology is working in tandem with each other to ensure an optimized process for the operation. Yes, and in a tra- and and if you look at it in a traditional way, then you had the warehouse management system would, who would produce these work orders, and then uh, um, a, a ro- robot. Uh, what's it? The robot management system would yeah. would. Oh, how are we going to do this? And then if there's a change, then the other system needs to say, "Oh, but then I need to recalculate." And that's not the case here because it's a it's a, a it's it's a a constant flow back and forth of options and uh, and, and possibilities. It was like that classic situation where the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand and yeah. they'd clash upon moment of convergence. And it would be like, ah, okay, we've got a black hole because we haven't done that bit, or we've got duplication because we've done it twice, but with two different processes. So I think the beauty of today and this juggling of man and machine, this bringing them together, this working in tandem ensures that not only can you optimize the process, but you can ensure that they're in sync with one another and therefore delivering for the ultimate customer, which is the consumer who's waiting to get their hands on the inventory that all of these uh, resources are, are handling in the first place. Yeah, and I guess that's also that's that is why it's it's, uh, uh, it's an, a huge advantage if uh, you run a warehouse um, where uh, the systems, the, the 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 software systems that are managing all the processes are connected from the first moment to the last moment which which is to say the moment where the order comes in then then where the 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 warehouse needs to be managed the robots need to be managed but also uh, if uh, an emergency order comes in and a truck needs to wait then that has implications for the whole transportation management as well uh, and and that needs to be uh, a truck maybe has to wait or has to be rerouted or um, uh, so, so then you have the, the the complete flow in one hand. You do indeed, and this is, uh, you know, <laughs> what what you've just outlined, Martin, is is to all intents and purposes the premise behind the Manhattan Active platform yeah. that we've developed, which is this cloud native microservices architected componentized uh, platform upon which all of that technology sits orchestrating the allocation of the inventory in the first place, where it's going to be fulfilled from, whether it's going to go through an automated process or a manual process, whether it's going to be shipped by truck, shipped by carrier, and how the customer is then going to lay their hands on it. It's all on the same platform, utilizing the same picture. Everyone can see the same view, the same energy that's going into getting that order to the consumer. And for me, that's one of the most important things for supply chain and logistics, this change that we spoke about at the beginning, where logistics has now become incredibly important and does matter, is absolutely crucial for the certainty and reliability of giving the customer what they want, when they want it, when we said we were going to do it for them. And if we can achieve that, then logistics is no longer a cost center. It's actually um, providing a revenue opportunity for the organization through the customer loyalty that it can bring through delivering correctly in the first place. Yeah, and, and um, what I was thinking about is that um, if you have one single system uh, that can optimize each of these steps, um, it's 
that's a that's a huge amount of data and an and a, a number of possibilities that I, I guess well I I can't even imagine uh, that has to be uh, uh, calculated. So there 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 has to be a yeah a lot of uh, computing power and and uh, and some some really strong algorithms uh, behind it. Well, and that's I mean for me that's the crux of the the technology that. Um, that we're talking about here, whether it's a robot or whether it's a piece of software, mm -hmm. it's that intelligence underlying that capability. The only way that robot, the only way that software is going to be able to support the human in delivering is by being incredibly clever, incredibly quick, and be agile. And that's where machine learning and really scientific algorithms come in and embrace the data that's available to us in the supply chain mm -hmm. and put it to good use to improve the service levels that we can provide at the at the from an output perspective. Yeah. So if you uh, so if you look towards uh, if, if we look towards the future, uh, I mean, already the 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 whole process is uh, in. In, in one hand, you know, in in uh, in the uh, in the the system that Manhattan has designed. If we look to the future, what, what are we looking at? What what's what's the next uh, what's the next thing? I think there's so much innovative technology out there, and one of the challenges I think a lot of the uh, retailers and manufacturers and wholesalers have is working through the noise in the marketplace mm -hmm. to find that innovation that is going to make an impact and going to make a difference. I do think we're going to see a lot more um, beautiful parades of sexy technology that looks great, sounds great, but doesn't actually do an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think we have to be very patient and work through that to figure out that which is going to pack a punch. Uh, robotics is going to get faster it's going to get more intricate and it's going to get more more capable of of moving the way humans do yeah. so if you imagine if you imagine a caddy with 10 items of inventory in it the human brain suggesting to the arm and the hand to go in and pick one of those items and then put it over here is a is a lot more quick and efficient than a robotic arm who might have to kind of sense and feel around and might pick up the wrong thing. So that I mean it's hugely advanced at the moment but I think that's going to get even more advanced over time. You can see on again on video on YouTube on social you can see videos of robotic arms going in and picking up eggs and not breaking them. Yeah. And and that's the kind of delicacy and precision that we're looking for within the robotics community is that ability to apply intelligence to the mechanics of picking things up. I was speaking to somebody gosh it must be about 6 6 months ago and I know one of the things that is ever evolving is the power source for machinery and robotics particularly those robots who are transiting across the shop yeah. floor. Yeah. Yeah independently of a, a you know a why a, a non-wired activity so i think all of that um power source and consumption and how they recharge and where they recharge and then the maintenance associated with that that's an area that's 
massive for many vendors who specialize just in the power behind the robotics. Yeah. So I think there'll be some advancements in that over time. But I, the other area that I think will be huge is, is cobots, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. is that total merging of man and machine and the the combination of the two. Yeah. And, you know, when I talk about automation, I'm not just talking about a robot or a picking arm or one of these sort of sky pods that, that goes racing up and down, but things like Google Glasses or Zebra Technology hardware that you, you know, handheld or head mounted or picked a light, you know, all of these things where technology combined with human interaction is just improving the accuracy or the speed or the dexterity of of what each can do. Yeah, I, I, I recently uh, visited an operation where they used uh, Google Glass uh, to pick items and uh, which uh, which in this case was was really really great because it was a, a warehouse with plants and flowers and um, so the the Google Glass was like a it's like a like glasses without the glasses so it's it's, it's yes. just a frame and then there was this yeah. this 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 small prism uh, which which was I guess it was about uh, well just above my eye and if I would just was looking just in front of me I saw nothing but if I looked slightly up and to the left I saw a screen and it told me what aisle to go to what cart to go to uh, how yeah. many units to pick uh, from from which shelf but the best thing was it gave me a picture of the flower or the plant that I needed to pick. So even if something was at a, a at the wrong location, I could see like, okay, but I, I really don't need this one because this is a cactus and I'm looking for a pink flower. So Absolutely. And that's a prime example. It was example. amazing. Prime example of, of human and machine working in tandem. Another one is I know there's been a lot of speculation around drones. And whenever we talk about drones and logistics, yeah. it's always in the delivery field. Yes. Um, I don't know how, you know, whether or not that's actually going to happen. It's, you know, there's a lot of things stopping it. But drones inside the warehouse are in use every day for things like cycle counting. And they work beautifully to help aid the speed of doing a cycle count, which if you've ever done one, it's the most boring (laughs) task. I I actually I actually have. It was it's it's terrible. Yeah. But flying a drone to help expedite that cycle count actually makes that work very meaningful and and quite enjoyable. Yeah. Well, it certainly does if you're a bit of a tech geek like me. Um, <laughs> so I, I do think that when we talk about automation, when we talk about machine, we do need to consider all of the options and not just imagine that human-like robot stood before us. Yeah, and I guess you're also here uh, uh, touching on the point of um, uh, the evolving warehouse employee because... Um, you know the the uh, they are they will be learning new skills uh, to work with these new machines so it's it's not as much i mean obviously some people will uh, have to find other work um but uh, most will just uh, their jobs will evolve and they will be no Absolutely. longer they will no be no longer uh, bending down to pick up boxes all day uh they may be flying a drone. Absolutely. And and I think whenever whenever we encounter that question about the impact of machinery on the labor force, 
I think it's very important that we talk about that in a positive way, because this is not about replacing human capital. This is about enhancing the capability of human capital and motivating human capital to support the operation in a value added way. Georgia, what uh, stuck in my mind most from uh, everything that you uh, that you shared with us until now um, is the uh, is the fact that uh, man and machine will so that man will not be replaced by machine, but 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 man and machine will be um, working in a much more syner- synergetic way um, moving forward. Do you know? I'm so glad that that's the uh, output that you got from my from my speech today, uh, because that is exactly the message I wanted to get across. I, I do think that it is not a question of of choosing between man and machine. I think it's a question of striking the right balance between man and machine. The two absolutely coexist in the same environment. And indeed, when you add them together, two plus two equals five. They add value to one another when when working in conjunction with each other. Uh, we're we're in for some awesome developments moving forward. For sure. And I think one of the interesting things about the role I have as a marketeer is getting this message across. Now yeah. there are two there are two types of parties that I want to be able to talk to. The first is the party that knows pretty much everything about the operation, about the warehouse, about robotics, about um, human labor. They're just trying to match the two together and they need some technology to do it. Yeah. And that's really, that's less that's less of my baby. That's more to do with our commercial team going in and and showing people how it's done. But what I want to do is to help encourage and enlighten people who perhaps haven't yet delved into the world of robotics. And the way I tend to do that is by focusing on the value that automation can bring to the operation. And that is going back to the true value proposition of productivity in your workforce, throughput in terms of what you're delivering, speed to market, agility when you need to pivot quickly. If if the last two years has taught us anything, for logistics to truly support the business, it has to be able to flex and adapt. And when you combine a man and a machine together in your operation, you are giving yourself the best chance to be agile and adapt to whatever this wonderful world we live in throws at you. Excellent. Uh, Georgia, thank you very much uh, for uh, sharing uh, your knowledge and experience with us uh, when it comes to, to robots in the warehouse and, uh, and explaining uh, 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 yeah, how, how this works and, and especially uh, how you see this in the future. Uh, as I said, I'm very much looking forward to what's coming. Indeed. Well, thank you very much for having me, Martin. It's been a pleasure and I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was recorded and produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Manhattan Associates. 
Manhattan Associates is a technology leader in supply chain and omnichannel commerce. They unite information across the enterprise, converging front-end sales with back-end supply chain execution. Their software, platform, technology and unmatched experience help drive both top-line growth and bottom-line profitability for their customers. For more information, visit www.manh.com. That's M-A-N-H dot com.